Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. This is a production of ITM Media. <clears throat> oh my goodness, already. Yes, we are here live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube again, bringing you another episode. And as the title would say, we are going down the rabbit hole this week. Just going to be talking about some stuff we've brought up here on what is known as the NASCAR iceberg here. We'll explain more on that later on in the show as we go along. But again, hello, everyone. Matt Beamer here, joined as always by Charlie Herkes and Austin Reeves from the great state of Alabama. Gentlemen, how's it going? And Charlie... Happy belated Father's Day, and Austin, getting ready for your first Father's Day next year. Gentlemen, how's it going? Go, it's going great. Oh, go ahead, oh, Austin. Oh, you go ahead. You go ahead. So, no, it's, it's going good. You know, like you said, celebrated Father's Day yesterday. I got to say, my best Father's Day yet. I, I know your first one's always great when, you know, you have a newborn child and it's your first Father's Day ever. I got to admit, this year's probably been my best Father's Day yet. Well, thoroughly why, why enjoyed is that? it. I just just had a great day. Like you know, it it was seriously just a happy a happy Father's Day. You know, me, Emma, Kelsey had just kind of a movie night last night. We were all just chilling out. Really, I mean, it it was just a laid back great day. So not didn't really have a care in the world that I thought about yesterday. So uh, Matt, I know you celebrated your first Father's Day. 
how did that go for you? Was it everything you had expected it to be? I will be 100% honest with you, Charlie. It wasn't because here, here's what you happened. Worked. <laughs> I, I, I worked. Okay, you, you got me there. I worked. I worked actually all week from Saturday all the way up to this morning. And Friday night, was well, fr- Caroline actually did something nice for me. Friday night, she, I, I, I finally got a client. So I worked on his car. I detailed his car, maybe have a few more down the line. But finally starting to get the business up and running there. I came home and Caroline ordered me a pizza and made me a Father's Day card with Maury's little handprint in there. So I, we celebrated Father's Day quickly all there on Friday. Really appreciated what Caroline did there. And then I went to work. So yeah, those was, those little handmade cards like that with like the the baby's handprint. I, I got a couple of like Emma's footprint and stuff like that. Those, those are some of the best ones. Yeah, it was, and it was a lot of fun to open up and just have some pizza and and celebrate kind of a quick father's day there so thanks to caroline for putting that together but austin i know you're looking forward to your first father's day next year how's the pregnancy going how's your wife doing how's everything going over there for you it's going good down here she's uh still the same hormones good bad and ugly had a pretty good father's day weekend went fishing with my granddad only bad thing that happened is when we got fishing got done fishing we had about 100 crickets left and i put them in my truck and coming home from Sampson, Alabama, I had a slam on the brakes, and there's about 25 loose crickets in my truck, and that's pretty fun. So, but everything's going good. That'll drive you nuts there. Well, I drove from about your house all the way back up here to Millbrook two hours with them suckers chirping. So, can't believe you didn't even stop by and say hey. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, that's all good and all, man. I mean, that's that's awesome stuff. Happy belated Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Yeah, I hope everybody had a good day. Hope everybody had an enjoyable day with their family, their wives, their kids, and whomever else you spent Father's Day with. Hopefully you spent it with your father. My father's down there in South Alabama and Dothan, actually. So just calling him, wishing him a happy Father's Day. But happy Father's Day, nonetheless, to all the fathers out there. And uh, hope you really enjoyed it. So now we get into this down the rabbit hole thing. We're going to change the show up a little bit. What we're going to do is, and hey, Taylor, how's it going? And I uh, just wanted to uh, tell you how this format of the show is going to go real quick. So we're going to do our race reviews early, and then that way we can just ramble on about all the stuff that's going on. If you want to kind of be a part of it and chat up with us, Google or look up the NASCAR iceberg. It's, let's see here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven layers of this iceberg here. And we're going to pick one or two things, Charlie, Austin, and I are going to pr- pick a few things just just to kind of talk about here and what we think about it and then maybe a few other things just to see where the show goes here just kind of no really control at the helm and we're just going to go off on it but races this weekend we had the truck race from knoxville we had the formula one race from canada and surprisingly enough we forgot to mention on last week's episode the srx event here at pensacola speedway that's five flag speedway there in pensacola but gentlemen quickly just Tell us what you thought about the race weekend in general. and I enjoyed it. I didn't get to catch uh, most of the truck race. I did watch it a little bit. Um, did watch the SRX race. I thoroughly enjoyed those races. I was actually able to attend one last year in Nashville. I like the format of it. Uh, it's something different. Austin even got a picture with Haley Deegan. I did. Oh, nice. She smiled. Oh. I smiled. <laughs> I, I took a picture. Because you smelled funny. <laughs> no, I had the other on that day. Well, hey, but I mean, well, for to me, I'm just going to say it right now. Ty Gittleman won the Truck Series race. Max Verstappen, no surprise here, won the Canadian Grand Prix. And the SRX race was won by Helio Castroneves. 
it was good racing, but it wasn't anything to really write home about. I'm just kind of excited about talking about these topics here, though. But, yeah, was it really anything to write home for you guys? Not really. Other than Bubba, other than Bubba Pollard finishing second in the SRX race. Yeah, and that was after coming back from last, so to speak, because he had a flat tire during the main feature. I really feel like he, you know, if he wouldn't have had to use his car up to go all the way back to the front, the, the local track favorite would have beaten all these all-stars, so to speak. So it was. I thought the race was pretty good. I do enjoy the truck races whenever you have something like Stuart Friesian and his wife uh, racing in the same race together, even though she went for a she went for a pretty wild ride. Yeah, she flipped. <laughs> yeah, uh, she. But they flipped it back over, and she she kept racing. So good she kept her. racing until there were there was some other issue that come up come about. But you know that dirt track though, I like that better than I would ever say dirt on Bristol in the Cup Series run it or something like that. Right, it's a one mile track. It's flat. You dirt race on that. Bristol, you're still driving like an actual paved track because of the banking and all that. So I don't enjoy the Bristol dirt race. I did enjoy the truck race just because you were actually dirt tracking, so to speak, those trucks instead of just laying a line down and driving it like a slick asphalt track. Right. And I, I noticed that too. You, if you compare anything to Bristol dirt, especially if it's an actual dirt track like Knoxville or Eldora, any other dirt track within the nation, and Bristol dirt's going to be a, a joke. It really is. Yes. I yeah, mean, even, I, even, I agree. When they, even when they run the dirt sprint cars there and the dirt late models there, it's not the same as if you were to go, in my case, to Sumter, South Carolina, and see them race on Sumter Speedway. It, it's not the same. If it's a traditional dirt track that's actually meant to be a dirt track, yeah, it's going to be great racing. Probably nine times out of ten, just throughout the whole all every class that there is. But if you throw down dirt on Bristol or any type of speedway for that matter, even you're going to have that issue where it's not packed in right. It's just not taken care of right. Even though they did a good job this year, Vice last year with the dirt race there at Bristol, I, I'm I'm be more than happy if the 2023 schedule came out and dirt race wasn't on there. Goes back into the uh, you know the banking side of stuff. Whenever we used to race go karts. We raced on tracks that had some banking. I've ran 90, 95 mile an hour on a dirt track before with slicks on these go-karts. So I get it. It's a go-kart. You're talking about NASCAR, a lot of horsepower or whatever. But we're running slicks, and you you drive it like an asphalt track. I, I think the banking has a lot to do with it. That may not be the case, but you know, I, I enjoy the flatter flatter tracks for sure. So Yeah, that was the Knoxville race, again, Ty Gillen won that race. The Formula One Grand Prix, you guys watch that one, I take it? I went back and looked at the results. Yep. Verstappen showed, showed out. But, undoubtedly, uh, from, from what it looked, it, it was a pretty close battle at the end there because yeah, the second-place car was less than yeah. a second behind him in the finishing. Yeah, Carlos Sainz was trying to catch him, but the Red Bull power just didn't let that happen. So, fortunately, he finished second. I was hoping for a Ferrari victory. Because Charles Leclerc qualified bad and ended up finishing in the top five. But my biggest thing was from that race was the Haas cars of Kevin Magnussen and Mick Schumacher qualified real well. Although, be it, they qualified in the rain, so there was a little bit of a curveball thrown in there. I was expecting them to run well in both cars. Didn't run well at all. Mick Schumacher getting a DNF early on in the race, bringing out a virtual safety car. Mm-hmm. So just more issues with Haas right there. It, it, it's unfortunate because I wanted to see him run well. I think every American that's a Formula One fan 
pulls for their wants to see Haas run. Good. I mean, everybody wants to see Haas run good, but I think we'll get more into that. I feel like down the rabbit hole here. I, I got I got a question to throw out there for you guys. But then the uh, SRX race. I mean, my my initial. I, did you guys watch the SRX race? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The SRX S race was it, it was a good race. It was exciting. But then I looked at it kind of like last year. It was new. It was exciting. Kind of like being in a new relationship with those butterflies. And, oh, this is new. You, you know what? You know that feeling I mean? And then all of a sudden you get to a year later and it's like, well, it's it's, it's okay still. <laughs> it's, it's bad analogy. But that's kind of the way I took it. How do you guys take the SRX race this weekend? I, I enjoyed it. I'm glad they changed the schedule up, went to different tracks. I, I like the I like Five Flags. I enjoyed it. I really – I'm a Bubba Pollard fan at heart. I really enjoyed him watching – Watching him run that race, he's he's kind of the guy that he's going to wait till about 30, 25 laps to go, and then he's just going to start blistering people inside, outside. I think if he didn't have that tire go down, he'd he'd have won. Um, I just, just I just hope people see Bo Pollard as like me and Charlie see him. He's he's the king. Yeah, he ran a good race that past weekend. I, I thought he did a good job, though. I don't know much about Bubba Pollard except for what you guys say. He did a good job for me. And I, I like the fact that SRX brings in a local track legend to race in that series. It kind of puts more exposure to them. Yeah, that lets people know that aren't necessarily in the that part of the country who this guy is and what he can do and what he does there and his history behind there. So I really yeah. do. I really do like that part of SRX. To, to, to add on to that, there the local track. It didn't matter if he had won four championships down there or not. They had to race in the super late models for that spot. There was a double header on Friday, Saturday night last year or earlier this year. It was earlier this year. Yeah. That they had to, it was the overall best finish between the two races together. Bubba won one of them, I believe. Mm-hmm. And did, oh, he finished like second or third in yeah, one of them. Yeah. And then had another good run in the, the next night. And that's what got him that spot. So it, it could have been anybody in that super late model field. So they had they had to race for that spot. Nancy, yeah. I mean, there, there was a bunch of if you if you're a super late model team and you run at Five Flags, you're 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 pretty bad. Right. Him, uh, who guys for Campbell Thorn? Mm-hmm. Like, there there was Derek, a bunch of Derek candidates. Thorn was one of them. There was a lot of candidates. That I think Chandler Smith went and ran that. He did. And that, that's what I like about the SRX series. Tony Stewart does a good job of promoting that and promoting the local drivers at those tracks. It was a good race, and I like the fact that it's a short season. Can't wait till next race. We'll bring you up to speed on that. Definitely this episode when the next race is. Let's do the race of the weekend, and then we'll get down to we'll start going down this rabbit hole. Race of the weekend for you guys. We'll start off with Austin. Uh, SRX race at Pensacola. All right. What about you, Charlie? I, I'm gonna go with that as well. Just for the fact of, you know, they run some heat races and your lineup is, you know, your starting lineup is determined by your average finish in the first and second heat race. Also enjoyed uh, seeing Ryan Newman back out on the track again. I've always liked uh, No Neck Newman and he's a great driver and he, he showed this past weekend. He's he's still got it. He, he's just living life and enjoying it right now. So glad, glad to see him in the SRX series and it's a lot of fun to watch, and we'll we'll watch them throughout the rest of their season. I have to say the SRX does it for me. So a clean sweep from the Ramblin' Bout Racing crew for the SRX series for the race of the weekend. Before we continue on with today's episode, I wanted to tell everyone out there, whether this is your first time listening to Ramblin' About Racing 
or now your over 100th time of listening to Rambling About Racing, about our online store at Teespring and Bonfire, where you can find the latest Rambling About Racing gear, such as t-shirts, hoodies, hats, pint glasses, and so much more. And since we use discount code MOTHER in honor of Mother's Day, I figure it would be appropriate to use discount code FATHER for 10% off for the month of June at Teespring and Bonfire, where again, you can find your latest Rambling About Racing gear and throwback in the Marvels gear. So head over to ramblingaboutracing.com. Links will be under the stores tab or links will be in the podcast description as well as the YouTube description below. Go check them out and you'll look good in it as well, whether you're at your local short track or the high glamour lights of Daytona, Talladega, or Formula One or Indy tracks. Again, 10% off using discount code FATHER through the month of June. Now we get ready to go down the rabbit hole and we're going to start off with our question of the week last week, which was, should the Xfinity Series have them have something to set themselves apart from the Cup Series? We talked about it a little last week, how the Xfinity Series seems to have, they're, they're a feeder system for the Cup Series, but they're, there's essentially not that far off of the Cup Series. They are, but they aren't. They're still stock cars in a sense. But I'm going to start off with one of you two, unless you want me to go first. And you, you take the lead on this. Okay, one. because, you know, in, in thinking about it, it is a feeder system to the Cup Series. And it'd be, I think it would be kind of, it would be wrong to change anything up drastically, like making an SUV series, making an electronic series, an E-series, what have you, a hybrid series, where... I think that's untapped potential for NASCAR to start something like that, maybe an SUV series or anything else along those lines. I think it would behoove NASCAR to leave it alone. Xfinity Series produces great racing. I've loved it ever since it was the Bush Series up to the Nationwide Series, now the Xfinity Series. Always enjoyed it. Don't like the Bushwhackers coming down, but at the same time, Charlie always brings it up. It's a money thing, and money's kind of ruined this sport for us, in a sense, down the line since the early 2000s. In thinking about it, I mean, I wanted to come out here this week and say, yeah, they should change up everything about the Xfinity Series and make it its own standalone series. And that way, if you want to make it up to the cup level, you'd have to learn how to drive a truck, then you have to learn how to drive something else, and then you'd be a good all-around driver to drive in the cup series. But in thinking about it, I'm just going to say leave it alone. And if NASCAR wants to start an E-Series or anything along those lines, then go ahead and start an E-Series. Just don't touch the Cup Series or don't touch the Xfinity Series too much. Yeah, I agree. I don't think they should change anything dramatically. I really, I really don't know what they could change. Drastically. Drastically is the key word there. Subtle changes. What did I say? You said dr- dramatically. Yeah, I heard drastically. <laughs> go ahead. It, it don't matter. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, don't change up the whole series. I don't, I don't think a electric series or SUV series would be. If you want to say SUV series, go to a, a, a local short track race when they have the demolition derbies. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, I'm with y'all. Don't change anything up. If they were to make the Xfinity series a electric series, that's just taken away from the whole point of it being a, a feeder into the Cup series. It's two different cars if you're going to drive a electric car and then turn around and get into a Cup car with you know however many horsepower not that electric cars don't have horsepower they got a lot of torque but i think if that's the case if anything they should visit a lot different or, or more more tracks than what the cup series runs i think they should run a different schedule i get it logistically speaking for some of the teams but if you're going to change anything 
I say do like the ARCA series does, where they go to like Toledo, Ohio, and Five Flags, and go to all these other tracks. You, you don't so you're, you're, you're watch the Cup about, Series. You're talking about like going to your grassroots tracks. Yeah, I, you know, I, 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 I can see if they're going to make a change, they change the schedule up, but not the series. I, I like that because I might deter drivers like a. Ross Chastain, Kyle Busch, or anybody coming down. Hey, since they're here this weekend, I might as well race this race and this race, as well as the Cup race. I might deter a lot of people because we saw that in Portland when the Xfinity Series was in Portland. Not a lot of drivers, in fact, I don't think a one took the time to go over there, except AJ Allmendinger, to go over there to the Xfinity Series and race, and then turn around and get on a plane right back there to St. Louis to race Gateway. So I I agree with that. With that taking place, I think you would eliminate a lot of the you know top tier you know Cup Series drivers coming down to race a lower series, regardless of money and stuff like that. So I think with just a schedule change period, you, yeah, that you would, would eliminate, that would eliminate a, lot a lot of problems. Yeah, that would eliminate a lot. But that was our question of the week. Let us know what you think using hashtag What You Think ITM on all social media platforms. What you thought about that, and if they should maybe just end up changing the schedule up to more grassroots racing for the Xfinity Series. I, I think that's a good point, Charlie. I think that takes home the cake right there. But now we get into this rabbit hole thing. And it's, it's, it's and like I said, this is a NASCAR iceberg. I don't know who made it. I'll put it in the podcast description below. There are, again, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven levels to this iceberg. And it seems like the further down you go in the iceberg, the darker and more controversial it gets. Austin, Charlie, and myself will... Start from the top, pick maybe one or two things that we see up there that catches our interest, and we could talk about it. And we'll just keep it simple like that. We'll also post this in the description of the podcast. So, I mean, we could kind of just get it all out there. But this is going to be, I think, really an interesting episode, and I can't wait to see where it goes. We're going to start off at the top and pick one or two things, and we're going to start off with, unless you guys want me to start off with, kind of just pick one and go. Yeah, go ahead. This was your idea, so... Uh, grab one and go. All right, grabbing one and go. So I'm going to start starting off at the top. It, it has a whole list of ones, but the one I'm going to pick that I can't stand the most is boogity, boogity, boogity. That oh, Daryl Waltrip God, yeah. used to say on every race broadcast, even hearing it on Bristol Dirt this past season, or this season, I should say, just how annoying that got. I, I'm glad we don't have to hear it anymore. For when, As much as we talk about the Fox broadcasting, them getting rid of Daryl Waltrip and that whole boogity, boogity, boogity thing definitely helped out everything. It definitely yep. just had my vote. So that, that was number one for me. So I'm curious I mean, to see what you guys As think. a kid listening to it when I was young, it was cool. But now as you get older. Yeah, I'll start running around, around the yard without a shirt on. Just, oh, they're boogity, boogity, No, but I mean, that's the way it is. I mean, you, you hear stuff when you're younger. It's like, that's the coolest thing. It's like watching a movie that you thought was the best movie in the world when you were younger, then you get older, it's like, this movie blows. You know, it just sucks. So, I mean, that would be the one, number one for me, but I can't wait to see what you guys say, and we'll just talk, We'll just tear that apart here. What about you, Austin and Charlie? I'm, I'm looking. And by the way, yeah, so anybody, anybody race, or watching us out there on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter, bring up uh, Google the NASCAR iceberg, and if you have something, let us know what you, what you have there on all levels. But anyway, go ahead. The boogity, boogity, boogity thing. That's why Leo Reeves hates round track racing now. It's because they got rid of that. <laughs> and I hope somebody... There's a lot, there's a lot more variables why he hates round track racing. Absolutely. 
I think the ne- if we're going down a rabbit hole, I truly think the next one that needs to go is Larry McReynolds. Okay, why is that? I mean, these aren't necessarily, these have to go. These are just things that kind of piss us off or might make us happy. They don't necessarily have to piss us off here, by the way. So, yeah, you said a bad word, but um, that's okay. cool. Uh, no, I, I just, he, his time's up. I mean, you know, he's ran his course. He's not America's crew chief anymore, So, or at least not to me. I, I feel like we could get somebody else in there, bring bring a different attitude to the, you know, to the uh, booth there. What really got me? Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. I guess and was ruining me on Larry Reynolds was earlier this year with the whole, well, I was, in a sabbat- I was on a sabbatical. I, I never retired. And then he went back to, you know, crew chief and number. It's just a big stink, big publicity stunt. Yes, yeah, the three car with, ran good. With Kerry Earnhardt uh, there at Talladega. Correct. Yeah. The three car ran good. Don't get me wrong. But it's also Talladega. Anybody can win it. So it, I just, I, I think that's their way of trying to boost Larry McReynolds' numbers back up as far as being a broadcaster. And I, I just think it's time for him to go. I would love to see Adam Alexander come up and call the race on the cup on Sundays. It's almost like a, a Brett Farr or a Peyton Manning. Like when it's your time, it's your time. Like retire, get mm-hmm. out there, bring the next one in line up, let him showcase yep. him. Yep, I agree. I, I'd like to see a couple of the females that call uh, the races get their shot at being a a, a main broadcaster rather than just a pit road reporter or you know, like Jamie little. Yeah. Something, you know, somebody like her, I feel like anybody can explain these cars if they're given a darn TV screen in front of them as far as, well, this is what they're referring to. Well, yeah, Larry, I mean, I get it. You're trying to preach to the, the idiots that are just watching the race and don't understand all oh, they're doing is going fast and turning left and don't understand the technical side. But that's that's not the majority of us, you know. The majority of us that actually watch the race and enjoy the racing know a little bit about the cars and how a car works. It just just ruined me, ruined it for me. And that's rabbit hole boogie boogie to boogie took me down. Well, I'm, I'm going to ask you this, Charlie. I don't see Larry McReynolds on the top point of the iceberg. He's not. Or at least oh, you just don't think add, he is. You're just, but, add, uh, you're just adding him. Okay. I, I added him. We're going all means. I added him. I'll send you a revised iceberg shortly. <laughs> okay, sounds good. What about you, Austin? What do you see? <laughs> what do you see on that top section of the iceberg that I sent you guys? Uh, a lot. Of, a lot of these I'm too damn young for. Like, for give us a for instance, and Charlie and I will take you down the nostalgia way there. Well, there's 2311 
racing. Yeah, yeah you're, you're old enough for that. I racing, you do that. Yeah. There's Let's Go Brandon if you wanted to talk about that. No, so. let's avoid that. No. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll stay out of that. Y'all want to hear rednecks or I racing? Uh, let's hear iRacing. Let's, I mean, you're new to iRacing. Let's oh, hear your man. take on iRacing. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with Redneck. No, let's hear iRacing. I, I enjoy iRacing. I started getting into it, or before I got into it, a buddy of mine told me, you'll spend just as much money on iRacing as you will an actual car. And I was like, hey, there's no way you can do it. Truth and has been told. I bought all my stuff. My first round track car I bought, I've got just as much money in this computer stuff as I do race cars. So it's true, and this will piss you off just like a regular race car will, too. And remember this, Austin, this is the number one thing that I said on this show before, and I think I coined it. If you wreck in iRacing, it's always someone else's fault. I don't know. There's been a few times I've dumped somebody, and I'm like, yeah, well. <laughs> well Matt Beamer, Matt Beamer said it's this, not my fault. But. <laughs> while we're on iRacing, this is what I don't understand. Austin has made it all the way up to B-class already. Now, granted, he's he's raced a lot more than I have on there lately because he's just got all this time in the world the because he driver. don't have kids yet. But driver. it's because you don't have kids yet. I mean, don't, I mean, don't kid, don't kid yourself. You're you're an incredible slouch. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I'm a sleeper. <laughs> also talks about dumping people, and he's still moving up in class. If you or I go there and we dump somebody, hey, you're going all the way back down to rookie. I, I mean, didn't say I, I didn't say I dumped him in a in a points race. It might have been a hosted race. Oh, that's a good point there, Charlie. Yeah, and I guess hosted races don't count against you. It's you're, true. you're right. And, and to be honest, I'm I'm the a, I'm an A class driver. So what do you got to say about that, Charlie? Damn, Charlie! I don't see you wasn't talking about dumping people. I don't, I try not to dump people. I don't. I, but you I'm also say, raced it a lot more than I have too. Yeah, it's true. I, I not don't not, do not much anymore. I don't do it intentionally, but there's just some people that get on there and they just he's got to do it. Ooh, ooh, they're, like a, they're like a they're like an orange and white '96 car that you just want to you know, but you, you can't because you'll get suspended again. Well, here, Preston brought up a good point here, and I think it's lower down on the iceberg, and I'm going to have to bring it up here, but Preston brings up a good point even though he's not here again. He said, Talladega Nights, that movie ruined non-NASCAR fans' perspective of the sport of NASCAR. Agree or disagree? I'll agree. Yeah, Uh, I agree. 100%. That just makes it look like it's all a freaking joke. Look, I don't mind watching Talladega Nights, but at the same time, it does. It pisses me off just for the fact of, you know, they make the sport look like a joke. In the movie, yeah, and yeah, I agree. I get it; it's a movie, but dang, it's more I mean, of a comedy show than a racing show. Yeah, it's and it, it's more. I guess it's more of a pride thing for me when you grew up in the in the sport, and then you see stupid movies like this, and it's all anybody can talk about. Uh, well, you know NASCAR, or Ricky Bobby. Who gives a flying? I want to fast. Yeah, uh, that's not how it works. <laughs> Whatever, I, I, I y'all gonna make me mad about this one. So well, that's, that's the point of this episode. That's the whole point of this episode. I know, I know. Going, going down the rabbit hole, but see, here's I, only what have, just, I only have so many beers, and y'all gonna make me blow through them <laughs> just off uh, Talladega. <laughs> but see, here's fine. what I say: as well as NASCAR, as Days of Thunder helped out with NASCAR's push and popularity and mainstream culture and all that, Talladega Nights did the same thing. But the reverse in a happened. Negative way. But the reverse happened. I feel. I mean, when I watched a movie, I watched it in theaters in Okinawa, Japan, when I was over there. And at first, it was funny. It's like, oh, this is great. And then it got more into it. And it's like, it got these, dumber and dumber. These guys are just straight up making fun of NASCAR the whole time. And you I, had I, I get Pepe it. Le Pew come in with a Frenchie, right, or whatever. And, I mean, 
and it was just one of those things where it's like, oh my gosh, I mean, they're they're totally painting this sport to be bad, and that was under the helm of Brian France. So I'm going to say it was Brian France's fault who signed off on it and said, this is going to be great for the show. Will Ferrell's going to be bring a lot more fans to the sport. Damn. Yeah, Will Ferrell's funny, not a serious actor. He's funny. Yeah. So they should have knew what kind of movie this was going to end up being. It's, it, right. I wish they'd make a Days of Thunder 2. No, leave it alone. Don't make a sequel. You, do, you don't think they can make I a I mean, one? Tom Cruise flew a jet however many years later. He can drive a race car however many years later, too. It's simple. Clutch it, shift, and turn left. Yeah. Now, yeah. Cole, when... When that line reads 9,000 <laughs> RPM, that's bad. That's bad. I'll never forget the Rattler when you came over and said that on the radio. Hey, real quick, guys. Who's Tyler Thomas? And says she's He's my neighbor. Oh, okay. Because he said he's going to put some shake and bake in the 83. Okay. I got to have something. Hey. Which I, look, <laughs> I, the, the, my, these next two races are mine. I, I'll go ahead and call it now. Oh, boy. Okay, we're going to hold you up to that. Okay, before we get you – know, we're going – and look at this. I'm trying to bring back – it's like before we go too far down the rabbit hole, which is the point of this episode here, we're going to well, go to the – only dig so deep. Well, this is going to be a deep hole there, I tell you. We're going to say that – we're going to go to the second level of the iceberg here, gentlemen. So I'm going to leave it up to you guys unless you want me to go first. We're going to make this hole a gaping hole now. Oh, gosh. I, I, so I got one here, and this is a good one. This is a big one for me. The second level of the iceberg has a whole number of things, and one of you guys and you guys can pick whatever you want. But I'm going to pick AT and T here. When Sprint and Nextel came into the sport, we used to see, and this, and I'm going to go down and rant here on this one. Back in the early 2000s, we saw cars with one sponsor the whole time. Dale Earnhardt and, and slash Kevin Harvick had Goodwrench. Mm-hmm. Rusty Wallace had Miller Lite. Dale Jr. had Budweiser. Sterling Marlin had. Coors Light. We, we saw uh, Ward Burden had Caterpillar. We saw one sponsor on these cars from the drop of the green flag at Daytona to the checkered flag at Homestead. We, we, we saw that. And AT&T was a brand new sponsor in the sport. Back then it was called Singular, but they were still breaking in in 2001 with Jason Leffler, even though he didn't do so well. But then they eventually migrated to Richard Childress Racing and Jeff Burden in the 31 car. Singular was bought out by AT&T. They had to sign this multi-year package, but then Nextel or Sprint, I think it was more Sprint that came up there, and said, we don't want our competition on the racetrack underneath the title sponsor of Sprint. Mm-hmm. What I don't like about that is is that you have, in a sense that, it takes away from everything. I would We used to see Lowe's and Home Depot on, there, on the track, and nobody said anything. In fact, when it was called the Winston Cup, we saw camel cigarettes on there with Jimmy Spencer. There's nothing wrong with competition, but what I don't like is when money comes in and big corporations run the show, Vice NASCAR running the show, and saying, if you don't like it, you can take your sponsorship money somewhere else, and we'll, we'll put another sponsor on there that's more than willing at the height of its popularity to have some exposure time on TV, on a car. To add on to that, you don't see hard liquors in the Not anymore. series anymore either. You don't see tobacco okay. products either. Exactly. Tobacco. I think they got rid of yep. they got rid of tobacco products first. You couldn't advertise it. Right. And it, let's face it, it, it's not just about the money on this side of stuff. It, it's a lot of the politics as well. Because when Tabasco, oh, Tabasco, tobacco was... There's a big difference there. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you don't smoke Tabasco. <laughs> but when... Tabasco smokes you. <laughs> when they were made to where they could not sponsor a car in a cup series... There was a big push at that point in time and, and culture in general to get rid of tobacco products. I hate that, but 
going back to the to the alcohol side of stuff, like you said, you had Miller Lite, you had Budweiser. Well, now all you you know you have Miller Lite and you have Bush, Bush Lite. Lite. You don't so, even have Miller Lite anymore. There's some no. of them fruity drinks. Uh, who was it, Casgrala? Or somebody was sponsored you, by a fruity drink you know, here like a while that back. seltzer drink? But see, here's yeah. the thing. I think it was Grala. You drink enough awesome. of these beers or enough of the Jack Daniels or whatever it is, and it doesn't matter if you, you're promoting drinking. It's the point of the sport. Everybody out there, for the most part, has a beer in their hand or they're going back to the campsite having a few shots of Jack Daniels or whatever. You wait till we get to our yeah. campsite. I mean, that's what I'm saying here. But then you 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 have these boogity boogity boogity. <laughs> you have whoever is the brainchild behind that saying we shouldn't have pushed hard. Mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun with over eighty casino style games to choose from. You too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a word. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Liquor. But beer is okay. What's the difference? Exactly. What's both of those alcohol products. Both of, them, both of them will inhibit the mind to the point where you are not cognitive. Thank you. Cog- where you're not cognitive in your actions or whatever to a point. Unless you know your limit. And, and then boom. Pregnant with twins. Okay, well, there's how so the that's how it happened. So that's how it happened. Okay, now we Man, know. I must have drank a lot because I do not remember that night at all. Oh my goodness, we're not going down that rabbit hole. I'll tell you that right now. But, I mean, I mean, I think that takes away from potential sponsors coming into sport. I mean, we used to see Crown Royal on Jamie McMurray's car to make your point to counteract mm-hmm. what was on Clint Boyer's car and the Jack Daniels car. And that car was nice. The zero seven car that was a beautiful machine that, there that was boyer's prime too so that was and and we got that robbed from us because some guy got his panties in the wad and saying well, we shouldn't do that because it promotes uh, alcoholism or some crap like that and but I, beer's okay but beer is perfectly acceptable and i bet if we look at the, st- at the statistics more duis or anything like that is beer related than hard liquor but it doesn't matter i mean the whole point of the at&t thing was if you let the sponsors dictate what goes on in the sport as far as sponsorship-wise, then you will eventually get to the point where we are now, and we have four title sponsors, and it's now the Cup Series. We don't have a title sponsor anymore. No. so I mean, It's communism in NASCAR. And I blame Brian France for that, that piece of crap. He ruined what his dad did and what his grandfather built in this sport. And whoever and I, I don't know if it was Bill French Jr. I'm pretty sure it was who said, "Hey Brian, you're 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 good to run NASCAR in the 2004 season." So changes are going to be made, and he just totally took this into the crapper. What was a beautiful sport? I mean, just printing money. They were just printing money, man. And now all of a sudden, it, you can't get a title sponsor in the Cup Series. I, yep. that's just that's just my two yeah, cents on you that. Ha- you have to bring in four <clears throat> different people, three or four different people. To be your primary title sponsors, just right? Because nobody, no single Austin sponsor wants to no, fork no, it out. No, nobody does. And Austin, tell me the four title sponsors of the NASCAR Cup Series. Four title, four title sponsors of the NASCAR Cup Series. They're not even mentioned except in the little banner down there. If you're lucky, but what are the four title sponsors? Coca Cola, Geico, Xfinity. Xfinity, and Bush. Bush. 
But and the only reason why Kevin Harvick still gets to run a Bush car is because they're the title sponsor. Right. Where did Miller Lite go? Where did Budweiser go? If I was if rambling about racing was the title sponsor of the NASCAR Cup Series, I would love to have other podcasts and other YouTube channels on cars. They'd be like, hey, man, it's a free market society. It brings in the competitive side of stuff, too. Right. It makes it more interesting. That was just from AT&T. I can't wait to hear what you guys have to say on this second level of the iceberg. Well, I want to go with... Oh, I know, man. And we are live. Go ahead. Go ahead, Austin. Uh, Juan Plaba Montoya jet drive. That's what it was. Uh, <laughs> well, you, you can take it. I'm looking for another one then. Okay, so the no, one, okay. That, that, we'll, we'll just talk about that on both of us. So did, did everybody stay up to watch that race? Yes. Because that was a very, very long it race. Was. It happened until it what, went to 2 in the morning? I wound up just hollering and then realizing that I was hollering because Dell Jr., if I'm not mistaken, Dell Jr. won that race. Matt Kenseth won that race. Did he? Yes, he did. Okay, well, anyway, I, I was hollering because I stayed downstairs, and Emma was asleep upstairs, and she was just a baby baby. I almost got in trouble, but I was hollering for that race. I stayed up all night to watch it, and it was a freak accident, but at the same time, Juan Pablo should not have been in NASCAR. He, you know, he was not very competitive other than his road course win. I think, yeah, but I think he only had one win, one or two, one. Yeah, one. all those two. were on road courses, so. But, I mean, no, Juan Pablo Montoya had every right to be in NASCAR. We've seen drivers come over from IndyCar to NASCAR, NASCAR to IndyCar. Very few from NASCAR to Formula One. But Juan Pablo Montoya, I feel like, has proved himself I, in IndyCar. Yes, and he should have been there. But he, he just reminds me of a lot of people, though, that did not have the consistent runs. And granted, would this, if the new car came out back then, would it have been a completely different story? Yeah, possibly, because Daniel Suarez is running really, really good this year for the most part. I don't know. I shouldn't have said he should. He didn't need to be in the series because, I mean, let's face it, he brought in the money. He got himself a ride. He just didn't run consistent enough, I guess, to, to what I would say, to hold a full-time ride. Of course, we then we could talk about Corey LaJoy in that same aspect so right we could and and i mean i feel like that was just a freak accident that wasn't Juan pablo montoya's fault something was wrong with that car which yeah, caused it, him to, it broke yeah, it caused him broke in the front i think right or front. In, in the rear i think but it kind of caused him to hit the jet dryer and it cascade that whole thing that just was a crazy thing i mean i don't think any of us have ever seen like that happen before that or since that but that's just one of those things that stuff happens and i mean it was what it was, and it just happened to be Juan Pablo Montoya. Now the famous joke you hear all the time, how many drivers does it take to take out a jet dryer? One. I mean, that, that's where the famous joke comes from. But, yeah. but what about you, Austin? Let's hear your pick from that section of the iceberg there. If, if you want to use that one, I'll, wait, I'll wait, get a joke. Yeah, wait, uh, wait, that was Austin's, right? Yeah, yeah that's my yeah. pick. I said it first. All right, let's hear yours, Charlie. I'd have to go with the... LGB coin. Okay, yeah. I mean, that was an interesting one because that just recently happened, and NASCAR wants to separate themselves from the Let's Go Brandon chant as far as the one is to infinity. In a lot of ways, that's just a pot calling the kettle black. Why why do you say that? Because you're going from one extreme to the other. It's okay to run. I I don't. It's it's tough. So I guess we probably shouldn't talk about that one too, too far because it'll... It'll, it'll bleed over into other things. Yeah, it, that'll that'll open up a rabbit hole for sure. 
and real quick while you're that was a bad one. Okay, okay, well, real quick while you pick another one, we're gonna say kick, give a quick shout out to Tracy there. Happy Father's Day to you for your first Father's Day. But hey, you want me to pick one for you because I got another no, one. I, let's go with charter system. Okay, the charter system. That's a good one to talk about. We've hinted it on that many times here on the show. What do you feel about the charter system here? I don't like it, but at the same time, I understand it. So that you you know your teams that are running for points every week. When you're only running 36 to 38 cars every week, the charter system's irrelevant because everybody's going to qualify for it, being you have a 40-car max field. I think, if, if we're talking about the charter system, I think that once other manufacturers come into play, like BMW, if Dodge comes back, get rid of the charter system. Like, if you want these new companies to prove themselves, they got to qualify for the races. But get rid of the charter systems for everybody else, too. Like, don't let it be just a given that, oh, I'm going to make this race. No, if, you, if you're going to do that, then we need to go to a 30-car field and, and people have to start going home. And I see why they put in the charter system because they didn't want teams taking away positions just to start run a few laps and then park, to start in parkers. So I get why they did it, but however, it has gotten to the point now where you're not even getting more than – it's a 40-card field now. You're not getting sometimes more than 37 cars to mm-hmm. that field, and those are the charter cars. It used to be where you were qualifying for the Daytona 500. You would have 60, 70 cars there. And just to, for a, a shot at getting into the Daytona 500, yeah, you'd qualify and do the dual races, the Gatorade 125s. You would have to be that Cinderella story there where everything fits right, and then you would get into the race. And it's not like that anymore. It's like you show, Hendrick Motorsports shows up, and like, yeah, they're going to qualify probably on the pole. And then everybody else who shows up, and you might have one or two fil- field fillers right there who aren't part of a charter system. But I don't even think they could come up there if they don't have a charter attempt to qualify for the race. We could go back to the money aspect of stuff. Like, you know, you, you got a lot. Is this, is this a way of NASCAR guaranteeing that the heavy hitter sponsors – make it to the race and get as much publicity as possible. If they don't get rid of the sponsors because it can, it counteracts what they were pushing there yep. for like anything else. Yep. Yeah. They NASCAR is bad about, or has been known to push sponsors out of the sport just as badly as they're wanting sponsors to come into the sport. Yep. I would have to agree with you there on that one, Charlie, but that was just the second level of the iceberg. And we're already an hour into this show. This is going to be a long episode here. We're, we're maybe about 49 minutes into this show. I, I say hour because we recorded before. We'll, we'll, we can skip level three and go into oh, no. level four. No, there's a level three here, one I want to bring up to you especially, Charlie. So we're heading to level three of what is the known as the iceberg of NASCAR, the NASCAR iceberg, whatever way you want to put it. And I just You picked the level three right there with AT&T. Yeah, I was just about to say that. No, that was level. Oh crap! What a loser! Oh my gosh, I went way off to bat. Wow! So nope, your your turns up. Okay, my turns up. (laughs) I can't believe I did that. I totally missed that. How do I do that? Oh, I'll go first on level three, and then I'll go back to level two. Okay, Digger. (laughs) Oh, Digger, that piece of crap. (laughs) You remember Digger, Austin? You don't remember Digger? Oh man, I remember yeah, Digger. You're, oh, you're probably little, still uh, you're probably still crapping green and no, they were on TNT. No, it was on Fox. Mole pop up. Yeah, no, it, it was, was a on, No, it was on Fox. It was, it was the Fox, Fox Digger cam. But those were some of the best shots. Let's face it. Like they were. They had it I was I was young, but or had it in like a a, a, a groundhog or a whatever. Yeah, it was a gopher or spot, and 
would be looking at the track. Like I, I do, I will say I, I miss some of those shots that the digger cam got. I mean, yeah. that, that poor little fella, they made him stand in a hole in the track with cars <laughs> going over him at Daytona at 200 mile an hour. Like yeah. I don't blame him for leaving the sport. I'd been scared to death. <laughs> yeah. Tracy, Tracy said, uh, he loved digger. So I, I couldn't really, yeah. it was an attempt to bring younger fans into the sport. Like, Oh, look at this cartoon. I, I didn't quite get it. I mean, I think I was, Maybe in my early 20s when Digger came out, it's like, what the hell is this? I didn't quite get it. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Oh, digger cam. What about you, Austin? I can't believe I'm, I'm... I'm still looking. Okay, I'll bring up one here. I'll go back to level two here. And it's something that I saw here. And it's a good thing, though. It's the Roval. I think that's one of the best things NASCAR did. Charlotte Motor Speedway only did it to save their second date. But, man, was it a home run. Now, I'm not saying that every track... Like should Texas, implement a road course. Like Texas or anything like that should implement a road course, especially... Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I think they should have kept that the Oval. But the Oval, Charlie, you and I have been there. Preston and I have been it's there. We've been great there. Race. We, I've been there a couple times, and it was a fun race. You got to see everything that there was on that track. And if you haven't been to the Oval there at Charlotte Motor Speedway, I highly recommend that you give it a shot and then make your judgment calls in because the Oval was one of the best races I've ever seen both times. The first time is when Ryan Blaney won when Jimmy Johnson took out Martin Truex Jr., and the second one is when Chase Elliott wrecked going into turn one and ended up winning anyway. Both good yep. races, both a, a great time, but that was my level two one. I'm going to go ahead and go down to level four here and pick one out here. Austin, what do you have there for level three? 2001 All-Star Race. What was that about? That was that a was- fun race. What happened in the 2001 All-Star Race was right when they threw the green flag for the actual All-Star Race, which is, I think, the way they should go back there, to that format, and I'm going to go down and rant here on a second here with that. Right when they were going into turn one, or right when they dropped a green flag, I should say, it started raining. And, and, all, and they, uh, the whole field wrecked. Not the whole field, but uh, notable drivers, Michael Walter wrecked, Jeff Gordon wrecked, and I think one or two other ones wrecked. I think Jeff Vernon wrecked as well. And it was just a cluster right there, so they had to drive the track. But what NASCAR did, since it was a all-star race, they allowed the teams that wrecked, like Michael Waltrip and Jeff Gordon, to bring, their, car, car. To bring right. their cars yeah. off and say, you have this amount of time to do it. Once the track's dry and you're not out there, you're not racing. So that was a good move by NASCAR in order to do that. But then, they, what in the world? Something's going on outside my door here. I'm kind of scared <laughs> here. <laughs> But what that but what that did was that they didn't have to go through tech, to my knowledge. So a lot of teams might have been cheating, and Jeff Gordon ended up winning that race, and it caused 
a lot of controversy because I don't think they went through tech, so that car might not have been legal in that sense. So the 2001 All Star race was like that. It was it was a crazy race. It was a fun race though. Yeah. So my my level four. Okay, level It's going to be the 24 crew pits to 48. I remember this race. Okay, talk about it. It's just the 48 crew was doing such a crap job. The 24 had already been falling out of the race. He had already been to the garage. So the 48 crew was doing so bad that they actually replaced the entire pit crew with Jeff Gordon's pit crew. And they came over and did the remainder of the race. Yep. I, I, and this this goes back to also, to add on to that, this was also when your counterpart teams could get tires from your other crews. That's where it, when it paid to have teammates because if one teammate fell out of the race at the very beginning, well, he's got like four sets of brand new tires over there. Like, hey, why, why don't we just come down to pit every right. caution and, and – play our hand at getting brand new tires every time now nascar has already you know eliminated that you couldn't buy tires from which i understand because you got your single car teams like petty gms and all that well they're two car teams this year but you're helping out the little man so to speak in those situations yeah and and i don't remember the race exactly but i do recall something like that happening a lot of times in the past where a team member would get hurt and the team would jump over and use other supplemental crew members. Yeah, but they replaced the whole crew. Yeah, but they replaced the whole crew. And I guess Jack Canales, if I was, if I had a guess that he wasn't happy with, with the way anything was going that day, and he wanted that to happen, and somehow he talked Rick Hendricks into switching both teams, which I don't understand. That's that would be crazy for me. But that's kind of a shot in the yeah, it's you know, shot in the face there. Like, hey, you're not doing a good job, so you don't. Just remember, you are replaceable. So, what was you gonna say, Austin? You can't change pit crew, so don't get no ideas. No, no, you, I, you can't. You can't swap out with the twenty eight. I have a pit crew. Yeah, well, I'm I don't know how to put a chain back on. I will tell you that. that. That's this is interesting right here. So, <laughs> no, no. Once we got someone watching here named Bobby, uh, Bobby, and and he asked if the inter, the intention of the SRX series. This could be another layer of the iceberg here. Testing the waters to see if they can be the the next NASCAR, or is it just an all star race for divisions of racing? That's a good question here. I'm gonna we're gonna answer that here. I think it's I, just I think it's just a good division of racing here. It's not gonna be the next NASCAR. SRX no, isn't gonna be. Yeah, yeah, I I don't think it'll be the next NASCAR at all. But what I do like and, and a point that they're proven is there are no manufacturers in this series. It is that's a big one. Everybody's running the same thing. It is strictly driver input and a little bit of setups that they, you know, a little bit of setup stuff that they can make on, on these cars. I think that's the point that they're trying to prove. If, if, and I don't think Tony Stewart's out to prove anything. Don't get me wrong. I, I feel like if they're out to prove anything, it is the fact that NASCAR has gotten away from putting it into drivers' hands. And then you go to the SRX series where everybody's in the exact. Same equipment, same engine, same everything, and it is strictly can you drive. And the thing I like about it is there's one crew chief for three cars. Yeah, right. There's that, no bias. That changes it up. Yeah, it, it really See how good Larry McReynolds really is if he ever does that. <laughs> no, right. and I like the SRX series for that reason too, because the only differential for the cars isn't sponsors; it's the color of the car and the number. That's it. You don't see 
one sponsor trying to get a one-up on another. It's the Camping World SRX Series, which Marcus Limonis did a great job investing in that, as well as the Truck Series. I think he's doing a great job. He's got a, his good markets right there. But it's the Camping World SRX Series. Here are the cars. Here are the drivers. Go get them. And then we get to see drivers that we haven't seen in a while. Bill Elliott, Bobby Labonte, Michael Walter Brace, as well as IndyCar drivers, Paul Tracy, local sore track drivers like Bubba Pollard. Bubba Pollard. You you know, Bubba Pollard. And, and Bubba isn't going to be everywhere every week. But then the next time SRX races, we're going to see another driver from another series get his name out there or her name out there to see if she can maybe gain or they can maybe gain some traction and to push them up that ladder. So I like that about the SRX series, and that was a great question, Bob. Really do appreciate it. I, I think it's a great series, and I'm surprised the SRX series isn't on here. Is it going to replace NASCAR? Like we said, no, it's not going to replace NASCAR. But I think it's going to bring a lot of eyes away from, I think the SRX series is going to attract the viewers who NASCAR forgot about. And I think that's oh, the best, yeah. I think that's that's a good way to put it. NASCAR has turned their back on a lot of loyal fans throughout the years because of poor business decisions to try to gain one new fan by sacrificing 10 old ones. And I think the SRX series is to counteract to that. So it's kind of trying to replace it, but I don't think it'll get to the level of that because once they do, it's going to be corrupted like NASCAR is. That's my, that's my answer to that one. But now the, now we get into that. Thanks again, Bob, for that. Now we get into the fourth layer of the iceberg. I think you already brought it. No, 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 no. I haven't done my fourth. Yeah, me me and I have it going. Okay. okay, so go ahead, go ahead, Austin. You got one, or do you want me to go? Yeah, I was looking at this Denny slash Bubba fight. Yeah, what, know anything on that? I don't remember that. I, I know there was. I don't, I don't that either. Did they actually fight, or is it like no? You know, car owner and driver. No, I don't think this. I think this is before they were. There was a twenty three eleven into the into the equation. There, I think it was just one of those things where they might have gotten into all track altercation, kind of like we saw Brad Keselowski, Matt Kenseth, or Kenseth and Logano. I could have just been one of those things. I don't recall ever them fighting. And if anybody out there is watching and you know the race we're talking about where Bubba Wallace and Denny Hamlin fought, please say something because I I, I don't recall offhand of any of the any time they were fighting. Man, I just saw it and I, I didn't know if y'all knew anything but about it. Th- this one we're going to go down the rabbit hole one is the 2001 Pepsi 400 rigged. And I'm thinking there was a little bit of blind eyes turned to Dale Jr.'s car that day. Well, then we could say the same thing about Jeff Gordon's t-rex car we we could but it was within the so, I, but i i think yeah. the 2001 pepsi 400 for those of you who don't know her new to the fans or new fans to nascar that was the first time nascar returned to daytona after the death of daryl earnhardt in the 2001 daytona 500 and as crazy as it is talking about this i just re-watched that race throughout the weekend because i was bored and i was doing nothing at work and it was a slow day and i was watching it dale jr's car was a bit on the it had a bit of advantage there compared to everybody else and the rumor and the theory behind this is dale jr's car was the officials turned a blind eye and let some stuff pass and even jimmy spencer brought it up that his car was above par and way better than everybody else's because they wanted that cinderella story and that storybook story following the death of Dale Earnhardt. And I'm, I'm curious to see what uh, Charlie thinks about this, because I know you were a big Dale Earnhardt fan. You were a big Dale Jr. fan. And you probably watched that race in 2001 like I did live and wanted to see Dale Jr. win. But then in hindsight, you kind of see some stuff there that are a bit inconsistent with what it was at the time. Yeah, I can't argue with you a whole lot on that one. 
just for the fact of yeah, he had a he definitely had a you know super fast car, but Dale Junior was as good as his dad on restrictor plate tracks as well. I, I think he knew how to drive the track, knew what to do and when to do it. Now, does you know having a really really good car help? Absolutely. I, I see where you're coming from on that completely, and. I can see where the you know the speculation and and the hearsay or whatnot comes in, but I feel like you know some of the same thing can be said with some other drivers. And take Jimmy Johnson. Like there's there's been some races where Jimmy Johnson just won by half a track or more, and this right. is on mile and a half, not necessarily a super speedway. I, I feel like that goes on more often than what we would really like to admit. Maybe not the past couple of years. Uh, definitely back then in the in the early to mid two thousands. Would not be surprised if we, you know, somebody one of the tech officials comes out later on down the road about yeah, we turned a blind eye to some stuff. Right. I'm I'm curious to see what they would say to that. And Austin, I don't know if you were privy to that because I think you were what you're twenty two now. You're probably you're twenty one now. So you hey, what? No, I was one year old. You were one year old. You're one year old when it happened. So you probably don't remember it. Go back and watch. He was sitting in Leo's lap watching that race. I, I tell yeah, you I what, yeah, I was. I tell you what, Austin, go back and watch that race on YouTube. It's available on YouTube. And tell, I've, I've seen the okay, highlights. You've of seen it. the highlights, but yeah. I mean, watch the whole race because Dale Junior's car was strong that night. I mean, he was making passes that you couldn't make without a drafting partner at Daytona. So yeah, there's, there's where the know, controversy comes in. You know, a lot of juniors' downfall on restricted plate tracks later on was just because nobody would work with him, which doesn't make any sense because if you wanted to go to the front, you wanted to work with Dell Jr. To, to go to the front on restricted plate tracks. You always saw Dell Jr. and Tony Stewart pair up. And I thought, they it, was, I thought it was Dale Earnhardt. Nah, it was Junior and Junior Stewart. Stewart. Yep, they, they would always pair up. And you knew once those two, and this was back when Stewart was still in a Pontiac, and, and they they were going to the front like real quick. Those two worked so well together on restricted plate tracks. So right, and 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 that was just one of those things there. And Matt Camper was nice enough to uh, bring up this. It was the uh, the Bubba Wallace Denny Hamlin fight apparently happened in the 2018 Daytona 500. I think that's when Bubba finished second in that race. Yeah, and that was Denny's first Daytona 500. Why they got in the fight, I don't know. I don't. I don't remember much about that race, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Except neither, neither do I. Going to the fifth level of the iceberg here. Do you have? Do you guys have anything, or you want me to start? Yeah, Dell Senior warns about Brian France. Really? Let me, let me see if I can find that here because if that's true, well then Dell Earnhardt called it, and he's a, he was a smart guy. He was very political in the sport. And, you know, I feel like that's where Junior gets it from as well because you know Junior's not shy on saying, "Look, y'all are stupid for doing this." As far as when it comes to NASCAR, I'm pretty sure that's a level, you know, level five towards the. I'm, trying, own I'm trying to find it here, but yeah, I mean, that, I, I think you're on level six. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I am on level ah, six. You, did the, you, you busted Gosh, my ball. Yeah, you busted Lee my balls. Hey, anyway, so while, while I'm on my level six, it, it says he was. It was a dinner with racers with Jeremy Mayfield and. He told a story about when Dale Earnhardt told him to save his money because Brian France is going to take over the sport and ruin it. So this was something Dale Sr. told Jeremy Mayfield. So even before he came, drivers knew he was bad. Now that he is in charge, everyone sees he is terrible. I hate to sound like a how in the world can he still be left in charge. 
And that was from some other drivers back then. And definitely, I mean, if that's true, Earnhardt Sr. called it. He called it 100%. I don't recall ever hearing anything about that. That might have been before my time. I, I started being a fan of the sport in 2001. But if that is true, and it sounds like it is true, Dale Earnhardt called it, and he, he just bumped up a few notches in my book because I think he wanted the sport to survive. He wanted to er, mm-hmm. succeed and prosper. And I think everybody but Brian France and Bill France Jr. and everybody else attached to the France family because it, it is, at the end of the day, a family-owned business with the France family. And now we got Jim France in charge in there because of what happened with Brian and his DUI conviction. Yep. And what Brian France did to this sport of NASCAR is appalling. Bill France and Bill France Jr. are rolling in their graves going, what the hell did you do to what we created? Why we, did we leave you in charge? We gave you the keys to the kingdom, a kingdom that was thriving, and now you have taken it, I and mean, this being Brian France, have taken this and put it down the crapper so far, and you're not in charge. The cor- corporate America is in charge, dictating of what sponsors can be on the cars, what can be done, and trying to, and again, and I, I go back to Steve Phelps on this, and what he said on the Dale Jr. download, and when he said they chased one new fan by sacrificing 10 old fans, and we've seen it today. We saw it in 2020. We saw it throughout the course of NASCAR where they're going to make these woke decisions and the famous saying, you go woke, you go broke, and that's what NASCAR has done. They're trying to keep their image sparkly clean when that isn't what NASCAR is. I mean, not saying it's a all-out, no rules, whatever, but corporate America, these drivers are walking a certain way, talking a certain way, and we had Howie on the show. You know, we had Howie on, and I'm not going to, throw him under the bus and tell you guys what out there what he told us but man i mean you got to walk a chalk line if you are a driver or involved in any way at the top level of nascar and that and that's the way it, it shouldn't be like that it shouldn't be the way that it is portrayed they're taking away drivers personalities they're putting restrictor plates on the drivers yeah, they're not letting them voice their opinion no and if you voice your opinion heaven you forbid get- yeah, you get in trouble you get or you get called out. Or... But once you once people wake up to this and get red-pilled by this, then you're going to realize that NASCAR has – what the hell is NASCAR doing? I mean, and, and talking to and, – and some guy started at the firehouse. I'm not going to say his name, but I would like to have him on the show one day. And he talked about – he used to work in NASCAR. I'm not going to tell you where. I'm not going to tell you in what capacity, but he used to work for NASCAR. So naturally, I gravitated to him. and like, oh, man, we're going to talk about racing. And he red-pilled me so much, guys. He woke me up to so many things that I would say this as a casual fan from the outside looking in. But then he would say, well, look at this from the outside, from the inside looking out. And, and, and tell me what you think. It's like, what the crap? I mean, I was blown away by half the stuff he said to us, or said to me, in our three-hour conversation about what's wrong with NASCAR. And this is kind of what the genesis was of this episode, was going down the rabbit hole, is saying... There's so much crap that's went on behind the scenes, and it really all started when Bill France Jr. said to Brian France, here you go. And I, I think that's a 100% truth right there. But I know you skipped ahead, Charlie, but that was a good one. I would have never thought about that. But what about you, Austin? Wait, anything else you guys want to add on to that? No, I'm no, good. I'm all right, too. All right, so Austin, what, what's your one from level five here? I don't know. I'm, tr- I'm trying to find a good one. Well, I'll, I'll find a good one right here. The Jeff Gordon to Formula One. Back in, I believe it was 2003, 2002, there was a 
a, a thing on the Speed Channel called Trading Paint, where a Formula One driver would let a NASCAR driver drive his car, and a NASCAR driver would drive the Formula One car. In this case, it was Jeff Gordon driving Juan Pablo Montoya's Williams BMW, and Juan Pablo Montoya would drive Jeff Gordon's DuPont Chevrolet. And the same thing happened with Tony Stewart and Lewis Hamilton at Watkins Glen, mm-hmm. where Lewis Hamilton did the same thing with Watkins, at Watkins Glen that Tony Stewart did. And it was a lot of fun because it made you, it kind of made you think, oh, was Lewis Hamilton coming over to NASCAR? Is Juan Pablo Montoya coming over to NASCAR? It, it would just kind of speculate. It, was, it would be a lot of fun to watch. In this case, Jeff Gordon was running times to be competitive enough to be a relevant force in Formula One. However, if I do recall correctly, and I think I do, Jeff Gordon was saying this hill was too steep to climb to learn a new car. I'm well-established in NASCAR. I like NASCAR. I'm going to stick with NASCAR. But there was a rumor there going around for a while that Jeff Gordon would, in fact, race in Formula One against Juan Pablo Montoya. And that was a, that was a rumor that stuck for a year or two when that happened. And I, I would have been a big fan of And I think that would have helped not only Formula One with the American fans earlier on, than it is now, but it would have been a lot of fun to see Jeff Gordon race Formula One. Yeah, if he was running times that would have been competitive times in F1, it would have been interesting to see, but I feel like that would have been the same case as it is Jimmy Johnson in IndyCars right now. Like, you're you're well-established in one, and you want to jump out and get in another one. Is it too late to learn another car? So, yeah, I mean, he qualified for the Indy 500 and led a lap, whatnot. That's the highlight of his IndyCar career right now. So, I agree. I get it. It's his first full season. But I, I feel like that might have been where Jeff Gordon was coming from. And Jimmy Johnson's kind of proven that that may be true. All right. For mine, I'm going to pick this kid-friendly Mert. What, what's that about? I, I think I know what that is. Like, when, yeah. when you see a Brad Keselowski – like like in, in NASCAR video games on the console, instead of having Miller, Light, or Bud, it would usually say Brad or Rusty back in the day or Dell or Sterling Marlin when it was Coors Light. And then with the kids' merchandise, it wouldn't say, like, Miller Light. It would say, like, Brad. And, and so uh, they take so away- it's just taking off, like, tobacco products and, right. and beer off the shirts and putting the driver's names on there. Right, so it's similar to that line. I've seen that at like Brad Keselowski's hauler when he was sponsored by Miller Lite, and it would say, "If you're under 21, we have alternate selections for you, so you don't wear a beer product." I mean, most rednecks don't care. So, <laughs> did you get Junebug a, a Bush Light shirt from the hauler? He just turned he turned five yesterday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's time for him to to man up. I had my first beer when I was four. Why can't he? Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right, moving on to the anything else about that level of the iceberg. We got two more levels of the iceberg to go, and then we're going to wrap it up here with our final thoughts. But I got one for the, I think it was the seventh level of this one. But if you guys don't have any more, I'll go ahead and hit into that. What, we're on level what? Six. Six. You got to pick a level five one. Yeah, so uh, for my level six, I'll go back and pick a level five. And I'm going to say NASCAR at Le Mans. Okay, NASCAR and Le Mans, this is a relatively new issue or new topic here coming up here, but go ahead and give us your opinion of NASCAR and so Le Mans. I, I like the idea with, with this new car, the sequential shifters and stuff like that. I like the idea of them developing a NASCAR car or a Cup Series car and trying to run it at the Le Mans. But I don't know if this is specifically what it's talking about. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. About as it is maybe just all the Cup Series drivers, or a lot of them, getting in on the rotation of drivers at Le Mans. That, that may have been what it's referring to, or it could have been talking about the actual Cup Series car. I think it's going to do great. I mean, they, they got Hendrick Motorsports on board, Chevrolet on board. Chevrolet is already pretty big in the Le Mans with the prototype Corvettes and stuff like that. I, I like the idea. I think it's going to be a great show next year. I, I, I will actually stay up and maybe watch the, all of 24 Hours of Le Mans at Daytona to see what this car will or will not do. Yeah, I got, I got the gist of there before I went to go grab more beer here in NASCAR is coming into 24 hours of the mind. I might stay up and watch it more. I think it's a good thing as well. I think it'll promote the sport. Denny Hamlin's complaining was enough to get Toyota involved with that as well. What a and, little <laughs> Okay. I mean, golly, that is okay. that's ridiculous. Excuse Charlie for his foul language. Yeah, I mean, yeah but that, that We're going to find him that, later. That fires me up. Like, now that he's a team owner, he just thinks that, oh, well, my team didn't get, that, didn't that get the world owes him asked about this. Nobody gives a crap, okay? Like, the only reason why your team's doing worth the crap is because you brought Kurt Busch on board this year. Right. Chevrolet's, are, like I said before you put your headset back on, Chevrolet's already established in yeah. the Le Mans series with the prototype Corvettes. Yep. Why not get Chevrolet on board with this new car? That is, it's a no-brainer to me. Why would you go after Toyota and stuff like that? And I think it, it wouldn't be necessarily... I mean, Toyota, I mean, let's face it here. Let's take this down another path here. The manufacturers in NASCAR aren't what they used to be as far as importance. I bet in Formula One, it is very important to win the Constructors' Championship. Not only does it bring you yeah. money, it brings you prestige. Mercedes winning the past, I think, what, seven Constructors' Championships brought them massive prestige. Now you have NASCAR, Ford, Chevy, Toyota. Who won it last year? No one knows. No one cares. I mean, maybe the the big manufacturers do, but it isn't covered in the press like a, like in Formula One. When, when you talk about like, oh, this is this is good for Chevy and NASCAR. It, it might be good for NASCAR, but Chevy's already established in there. As far as Chevy going over from NASCAR, making a NASCAR prototype car for Le Mans, it's like, okay, that, that's cool that NASCAR is getting involved there. They're going to get kind of a stock series in there. But or stock class in there, I should say. The manufacturers, like, like, I, to my point, the NASCAR manufacturers in the NASCAR, it's really doesn't not, mean anything it, compared to other sports. It's not as prestigious, I feel. 
I mean, yeah. uh, it, it was like back in the day when Rookie of the Year was such a big deal. But I can't even remember any Rookie of the Year past 2002, and that was Jimmy Johnson winning Rookie of the Year. Yeah, and I, I would take it a level uh, a step further. Is I really don't remember it past when Dell Jr. and Matt Kenseth were competing for Rookie of the Year. Yeah, Matt Kenseth ended up winning it. I mean, it was just one of those things where I mean, I feel like you could go such more down the rabbit hole with the manufacturers in NASCAR and why they're not held up to a why it's not more prestigious than it is. That's a good one, Charlie. I, I like that one. You got one, Austin, or you want me to go? I actually do. Uh, right. Dale Earnhardt's death car. Um, is yeah. it on display? I know there's there's been a couple highly, pictures floating around the internet. I highly doubt it is on display whatsoever. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that. One. I mean, I, I, I'm not display. Is it still? Is it in a garage somewhere, or do they totally like crunch it and get get rid of it? I don't know what they did with that car. I know I've seen pictures of the car post race or po- in, during the investigation of the death of Dale Earnhardt in 2001. I've seen pictures of it. I don't know what they did with that car. And if you want to, you could Google it real quick and see what they did to Dale Earnhardt's death car. But I doubt it's on display. I don't know where it is. I don't. I don't think they would have gotten rid of it, but I definitely don't think it's you know at Dale or Dale uh, Junior's graveyard of cars. No, it's not in the Hall of Fame either. There's no way they're going to put that in the Hall of Fame. But I don't know what happened to the death car of Dale Earnhardt. I I couldn't tell you. you I mean, if you want to Google it real quick while I give you mine, that's a short yeah. rabbit hole. I, I don't know what they did to that car. But no, yeah. what, what's yours while you Google that? Okay, mine here on this one is Dateline NBC racist segment here and i actually googled this one and this was back in 2006 and and this is from espn it says nascar outraged by dateline's racial story approach and it said nascar and nbc confirmed that it was sending muslim looking men to the races along with the camera crew looking to film fans reaction the nbc crew was apparently on site at martinsville virginia walked around and no one bothered them. NASCAR spokesman Ramsey Poston said Wednesday, it is outrageous that a news organization of NBC's stature would stoop to the level of going out of its way to create a news story instead of reporting news. Any legitimate journalist in America would be embarrassed by this stunt. It's the obvious incentive by NBC to invoke a reaction and we're confronted by our fans that wouldn't take the bait, said Ramsey. So here's what I got from this story. Seems like NBC hired a bunch of Middle Eastern men as a ca- with a camera crew and everything to go around Martinsville, Virginia, and interact with the fans, trying to bait them into being racist because apparently NASCAR was racist. It's racist. Yeah. Well, if it didn't prove it was racist, then I don't know where this whole aspect of past couple of years. Well, never mind. Let me rephrase it. I do know exactly where it comes yeah, from. Yeah, I know but we're exactly. Not talk about it. If it wasn't racist then, why is it racist now? Right. People in NASCAR has had the stigma for a long time that it is a good old boy sport, a, a white man, a white Southern man sport. When it has branched out from the Tar Heels of South of North Carolina, the Plains of South Carolina, the Plains I say the high country of South Carolina, the mid state of South Carolina, into areas that we never. I bet Bill France himself didn't even think that it would go into, such as California. Portland, yeah. or any other place like that, Man, and not even the areas that it's went to. Look at look at the the diversity in upcoming leagues, like what used to be called Hooters Pro Cup and Truck Series, and all this kind of stuff. I mean, it's not just a 
Southern good old boy sport anymore, and it hadn't been for years. So, uh, you know, the racist thing, I'm just not sure where it's coming from, especially the past couple of years, because nothing has changed other than certain drivers, but nothing has changed from what it was to what it is now. And I've been to several NASCAR races from 2003 all the way up to last season. I haven't been to one yet this season. But at every NASCAR race that I've been to, I have not seen one prejudice act. I have not seen one incident where anybody could say that was racist or that was bigotry or that was this or that was that. But, of course, NASCAR now under Jim France and in our woke community that we're in now has to make it to where we have to keep such a polish on this. Well, we have to recognize individuals for more than them just being drivers. Right. And that, and that's the, really the big thing. You take a non-NASCAR fan and show them a picture of Haley Deegan's truck, the number one Monster Energy Ford there in the truck series, and then just say, what can you tell me about this driver? And if they won't know anything, they'll probably say, I don't know what who he is. You know, you put on a helmet, you can't tell if the driver is white, black, Asian, Mexican, you can't tell if they're a man or a woman. You can't tell if they're gay or straight. You can't tell any of that. The, the real thing is, is if you criticize someone on the track about their driving habits, and we'll take Bubba Wallace, that you could take their driving habits and say, man, Bubba Wallace isn't a good driver. Why are you automatically racist? Yeah. Uh, you're and saying that, that because he's, well, yeah, you're saying that's black. I mean, that's right. it. And that's the only thing that they have to go against you, the critics of NASCAR. It's like, oh, you're only saying that because you I didn't hear no, one. No, we're saying that because he sucks. I didn't hear one person complain anything about Daniel Suarez winning this past, or a couple of weeks ago at Sonoma. I didn't hear one bad person. In fact, we all applauded. It was like, hey, yeah, Daniel, Daniel like, hey, we're, we're happy that you got you one. I mean, you're, you're long past due you for want, it. You want to know why this is? And a lot of people on Twitter pissed me off about this. A lot of people say that why don't people give Daniel Suarez the crap that they give Bubba Wallace? It's because Bubba Wallace talks, it on and, talks and talks and talks. Daniel Suarez keeps his personal opinions to himself. And if he, he has every right to say whatever he wants. But, he, but he I, I, I think Daniel Suarez is smart enough to where he knows if I say this, I'm going to be like Bubba Wallace. And I don't want to be like Bubba Wallace. I want to be Daniel Suarez. I want to be a, a well-recognized stuff. Yeah, he has this Daniel is is. What, Suarez Amigos, Daniels Amigos? Daniels Amigos. But that isn't a bad thing. That's like, wow, that's really cool. I mean, that's it's a, a cool fan base that he brought to his It's, his, fans. Fans. it's yeah. his fans. And it's, that, if anything, that's just bringing more diversity into the NASCAR. And right. I'm sorry, but where where was this racist aspect at? Yeah. I mean, there was nothing racist about NASCAR. In the, in the years that I've watched NASCAR, now, have there been incidences in the past? Absolutely. Yeah, like the noose at Talladega. I mean, that, that was racist. That wasn't even racist. That was a garage. I know board. that was a freaking hoax. Gosh, I'm. Drunk. It was a witch hunt. I'll, I'll say this real quick. I will give critics of NASCAR this. Back in the '60s, Wendell Scott, NASCAR's first African American driver, won himself a race, and in order to prevent a right, they awarded the race to the second place driver, and they gave. Wendell, a okay. Here you go. After afterwards, they award the points afterwards, and it's declared the official winner. But that was back in the sixties. I think we exactly that was a different day and age, right? But period. But everybody that's a a big critical fan of the sport want to wants to go back to that one incident and say, see, there NASCAR's racist. 
And it, well, that's it, it, just like the majority of people do nowadays. They, they, they dig up the past. on the past yep. to, to bring up issues nowadays. Yep. Like, well, I'm sorry, but the past is just that. It's in the past. So I had to go talk to kindergartner through third graders today and actually read a book, stuff like that, talk about stuff. And it was it was based off American heroes. Right. I read the biography of Abraham Lincoln, because by far, probably one of my favorite presidents. He He's known for just all kinds of stuff. But the main aspect he's known for is getting rid of slavery. Slavery was done away with a long time ago. I don't know why they keep bringing it up nowadays, but I know that's going way off in the rabbit hole. Yo, yeah, yo, go even, ahead. We don't even talk that talk about those topics on the show, Harley. So yeah, this is uh, a special episode. Okay, so I think it's your turn, Charlie. What do you got here for us? My bottom of the iceberg subject, and that's only because in light of what has happened this year with him as well, Denny Hamlin hookers. Denny Hamlin hookers. What's that? Oh, <laughs> okay, so apparently him and his uh, baby mama, I won't even call, him, call her his wife. I don't even know what her name is. They're not even married. They have a couple kids together, and Denny Hamlin is – um. Yeah, I don't even know what to say that because I really don't know much about it. I try not to get into driver's personal lives there. What do you got for us, Charlie? It just looked cool. Yeah. Uh, all, <laughs> man, I, so all kinds of stuff. You can't even really Google this kind of stuff nowadays. A lot of the stuff was, you know, Denny Amlin has paid people for sex and stuff like that before. I, yeah, that's he, about it. It's probably a bad subject. But <laughs> no, yeah, he, he was accused of a lot of stuff, and I, I think a lot of that may be thought more of, especially with the issues that he's had personally this year and him coming right. out, or not him coming out and saying it, but his baby mama pretty much saying, look, I, I'm done with an abusive relationship and stuff like that. Does that shed more light on the Denny Hamlin hooker story? Who knows? Just a, a, a different subject for sure. For sure. So, right. uh, what's y'all's? We'll, we'll get off that okay, subject. So, what's y'all's? So, my final layer of these, this iceberg here, and it, this was a tragedy that happened in the history of NASCAR. It was the Charlotte walkway collapse following the 2000 All Star race where Dale Earnhardt Jr. won. It was a big. Great celebration, and I don't know if you remember this, Charlie, and I'm sure you do, and I, I, I know seeing it, that walkway connecting the racetrack side to the campsite side, it was this big, big concrete walkway. Well, mm-hmm. that, that collapsed, and it killed a, a number of people during the post-race. I guess it wasn't engineered right, and it just collapsed, and it, it caused a, I mean, it kind of took the win out of Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s first, I mean, it wasn't his first official points-paying win, but he won the All-Star race, so that was a big popular win. Dale Earnhardt Jr. won the All-Star race, and and that kind of took away from it. I mean, that was bad for the Speedway. That was bad for NASCAR in general, and that event, the 2000 Winston, has a black eye because of that one incident. No, I agree completely. Yeah. So yeah. it's sad subject. Unfortunately, it did happen. It, it did, and it was quite unfortunate. Now we're going to go here to Austin for the final layer of the iceberg here. Austin, final Moore. question. Final of question. The final layer, because <laughs> you yourself are the bottom of the iceberg. Go yeah. ahead. <laughs> I remember that. Austin, what okay. do you got here, man? You want to talk about the Rick Hendrick fake leukemia? I don't even know if that's true or not. Uh, I just Googled it, and he said he was diagnosed, but I, I didn't hear anything about that, faking that, it. Where he was diagnosed with leukemia. But then there's a rumor flying around out there that he only did because he was in trouble with the IRS and taxes and all that stuff. So he couldn't show up to the racetrack, so he faked leukemia. 
supposedly, I, I think he was really diagnosed with leukemia. That's a very bad thing to joke about is any type of cancer diagnosis. I'm going to have to say that's kind of just a rumor that was floating around for people that probably didn't like Jeff Gordon at the time beating Dale Earnhardt and Jeff and Dale Earnhardt flipping on the back straightaway during that race. I'm, I'm going to have to say that was probably just a rumor. I mean, there, there's some good ones in here. I don't know. Buffy Walker to favor Dale Jarrett. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that one. Again, I, if, if it's deals with personal stuff, I don't care. I'll stay out of that because it's just not a good Yeah, I really true. We're, we're here just to talk about what might or might not make the what's the what's the nascar open wheel league is that the uh wheeling tour the modifieds probably yeah i'm gonna say that's what probably what it is i'd love to race a modified not gonna lie that would be like if i if i had that over i don't know maybe a couple of different late model rides i'd run a modified all day they don't have a chain so you ain't got nothing to worry about yep exactly just got you joints. All right. Well, that was our layer of the iceberg. We're getting almost to the two-hour mark here, or the hour and 30-minute mark here as far as the show here. So, I mean, we, we covered a lot. I mean, we went down a few rabbit holes here. That was the point of this week's episode. It was a fun episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it out there, and we're going to get ready to get into our final thoughts. That being said, before we get into our final thoughts, anything else from you guys? No, I'm, I'm good, man. So I'm good, too. All right. Let's get into our final thoughts here. Before we wrap up today's episode, I wanted to remind everyone out there about our partnership with Fanatics. Fanatics is a proud sponsor of Burns Radio, which we here at Ramblin' About Racing are a proud affiliate with. Fanatics, you can find all your latest and greatest NASCAR gears to get you ready for this coming up season, such as t-shirts, hoodies, hats, diecast, and so much more. But you don't only have to stop in there and buy NASCAR gear. I get all my latest and greatest Washington Capitals gear from there. Yeah, and not only do you get hockey gear and stuff like that, I go in there, that's where I get all my Alabama Crimson Tide gear. Yeah, that's right. Roll Tide, man. It's a one-stop shop for all your sports gear needs, no matter what sports you're interested in. All purchases help out. Burns Radio bring you latest and greatest content and keep us on the air to bring you guys that content through the radio. If you head over to ramblingaboutracing.com under our Partners tab, there you will find the link to Fanatics. Take you right there. Go do your shopping there for this upcoming racing season or for whatever sports you want. Go check them out. White flag, white flag, white flag. One lap to go. One lap right here. I've been meaning to change that, by the way. I want to change. I want to update that. We've had that same introduction to our final thoughts here since the introduction of this show back in 2019 when it was called in the marbles i almost called it rambling about racing but when it was called in the marbles we've had that introduction to our final thoughts here but our final thoughts consist of our driver or not a driver of the week not yet we might bring that back here but this week in nascar our question of the week and our fantasy standings given that there was no cup race this past week and we're not going to cover fantasy standings here but we're going to go ahead and hop into that hop into this week in nascar and do either of you have a question of the week by any chance i don't oh boy no i hadn't even i forgot what my one was last week that i was gonna ask well i'm gonna look into this iceberg here and bring up this i'm gonna bring this up oh okay well i got a question of the week here i got a question of the week here so for this week in nascar we're gonna cover that first back in june 24th 1973 david pearson noses out buddy baker in the motor state 400 at michigan 
The first race staged at the two-mile oval since Roger Penske became its owner and promoter. The race is the only NASCAR event at Michigan in 1973. Penske elects to replace the summer NASCAR Winston Cup Grand National event with the IndyCar race. That's interesting. So Roger Penske took off IndyCar and replaced it with NASCAR on June 24th. 1973 and for our question of the week i got this good one and again this is from the source that used to work in as part of nascar the single lug nut brought it up with our talk with quick pick podcast go listen to them we were on their show this week so if you want to go listen to our mid-season review from quick pit podcast go check them out but our question of the week was has to do with the single lug nut my source tells me there is no need for a single lug nut they could still do five lug nuts with the wheel type they have, should NASCAR engineer that wheel to support five lug nuts? No, 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 don't answer it. Don't answer it. That's our question for next week, Charlie. Charlie was locked and loaded. He's like, I can fire on this one. But that is our question of the week for next week's episode, and we will have our update. (laughs) That's the whole point, man. It's supposed to wait till next week. We'll, we'll do a new segment, question of the show, and then you can fire away and answer yeah, that one. Yeah, we'll start doing our question of the show, man, because it's getting to the point where you're, you're, you're starting to come out guns loaded there. But, gentlemen, anything else? I want to thank everybody who has joined us on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter live. Really do appreciate it. Anything else before we wrap up this week's episode? Anything at all? Did you guys have fun? With going down the rabbit hole on a few of this? Yeah, past, this I, yeah I, I, I enjoy it. It's just There's a, a lot more. atmosphere to the show. So we, right. uh, we definitely covered some very random subject. And if, as you guys saw, there's a lot of stuff in each layer of this. I feel like if we have another off weekend for NASCAR, heck, we could come back to the NASCAR iceberg and say, well, what did we miss that we could talk about again? Yeah. Or, or bring up again. And I, I, I've got a good, I, I've got a few ones here that we haven't even touched that I would like to talk about. It's just not in the cards right now because we just said one and done. But anything else, gentlemen, before we get into our final thoughts here, or not into our final thoughts, before we wrap up the show, I've had a few beers myself, <laughs> gentlemen. Anything else? No, I'm good. No, I'm good. All right, gentlemen. And with that being said, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here on this week's episode of Ramblin' and Matt Racing. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week, whether you're on Facebook or YouTube Live. Really do appreciate you taking the time to join us here and talk about racing or hear us talk about racing. Make sure to go to ramblinaboutracing.com for links to all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube for the latest and greatest from the world of auto sports and for what's going on in our lives. For Charlie Herc, it's Chuck8384, Austin Reeves, Austin underscore Reeves 6 on Twitter. I'm Matt Beamer, Beamer 22 on Twitter. Stay safe, and we'll see you following next week's races. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. 